Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganese here as always with Nima Tavali. So we are now into the final week of the Serie A season. Today we will be reviewing match day 37 as Milan beat Juventus to secure Champions League football. Inter did the same by defeating Atalanta. That's the Champions League places all now decided. Uh, the relegation race goes down to the wire after a, a dramatic weekend with, with some crazily late injury time goals. Um, Napoli, they announced Luciano Spalletti's exit. Juventus fans are, are praying for the same with Max Allegri. We're going to discuss all these talking points. Um, plus, of course, preview Roma's Europa League final with Sevilla on Wednesday. For all our first-time listeners, this is our free weekly episode, which we do every Monday, reviewing the weekend Serie A action and all the biggest talking points in Italian football. If you want to support the Italian Football Podcast and receive all our content that we do throughout the week, including our weekly Q&A episode every Tuesday, where we answer all the questions sent in from our patrons, plus the weekly Thursday midweek review show, plus interviews, post-match reaction, and much, much more, then go to Patreon dot com slash tifp and become a subscriber for just 2.99 a month plus vat for all of you listening on spotify itunes apple podcasts and we'd really appreciate a five-star rating Uh, give us a follow give us a subscription we're on youtube as well and this really helps us to to spread the gospel of Serie A and italian football um, just before we start, just want to say we've got an extra show coming this week on Wednesday and we've got an interview which we have done with Lazar Samatsic of Udinese, great young player, got a really, really big future ahead of him. Um, we interviewed him on Thursday, um, so look out for that. Um, it's free for everyone and um, I think you will enjoy it. He also previews the Udinese versus Juventus game, which is the final game of the season, talks all about his career, um, his 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 journey to where he is, his his future, the transfer market, um, lots lots about his personal life as well. Um, so I think you'll really enjoy it. So check that out on Wednesday. Okay, let's talk about the weekend just gone past. Right, we'll start off with the Sunday evening late game, Juventus versus Milan in Turin. Um, Milan win 1-0. So let's talk about this from the Juventus point of view first. Um, That result means that officially there is now no Champions League football for Juventus uh, for the first time since 2011-2012 season. Uh, And obviously that is after the, the points deduction. Um, we still don't know whether there will be an appeal on that, but um, as it stands, officially, no Champions League football for, for Juventus next season. Um, it will almost certainly stay like that. Um, also because my understanding is Juventus are going to get banned from Europe. So no Champions League football. It completes a horrific season for Juventus on and off the pitch. Another trophyless season, two in a row. Um in terms of this game as a whole, um, as, a, as a fan, it, it felt kind of empty watching this game. Uh, I think that was reflected also for the for the umpteenth time this season with a virtually empty stadium, which is crazy given it's the last game of the season at home for Juventus and such a big game against Milan uh, and the, the stadium is, is barely anyone even there. Um, but it felt after the points penalty earlier last week, 
it was hard to have any motivation watching this game. Um, and Allegri kind of said this, said as much before the game. And the game was very flat. Um, and it was just a very limp performance from Juventus. It was a poor game, all full stop, but not many chances in the game. No chance, no clear chances at all, as usual, for Juventus. Uh, I think their souls, their hearts were broken. Uh, and we know they're not playing for the coach and we know that some of the players won't be there next season like Rabio Di Maria. So as a game as a whole, this was just all reflected in that, I think. I, I thought Juventus were the aggression Juventus showed, especially in the opening 2025 or the first half. I thought that was very, very good. Um, the I kept coming back to in my notes when I was watching this game to the Napoli quarter first leg quarterfinal at the San Siro between Milan and Napoli, where Napoli were very aggressive, uh, pressing high up, uh, had lots of intensity, but didn't really create that much. I mean, Juventus had that chance by Di Maria, um, but that was more a half chance more than a you know real big chance, uh, and and Milan which we're going to get to, but I was really impressed by how calm and cool Milan were. It reminded me of the Napoli game again, the first quarterfinal of the Champions League, in the sense that they, they just had this kind of awareness about them that we're going to we're going to go through this yes we're they're pressing yes we're in a little bit of trouble here but we're going to we'll handle this we know that we're going to handle this um i thought i thought moise ken's his movement was really good i the 343 was was working uh locatelli rabio was was interesting um to see um yeah, i thought it looked good um and no i mean i thought juve they did the best they could under very difficult circumstances and i thought they actually did try, but yes, the, the atmosphere around Juve is like like a can of soda that you've left overnight and all the bubbles have gone out of it. It's completely flat. <laughs> There's no energy around Juventus. Um, and it's it's just on and off the pitch. There's nothing there, and I don't understand what they're waiting for, what they're trying to do here, because you know they need to have a project going, and, and they can't wait for what happens in the trial in June. They just can't. They need to get going. They have to sit down and say, look, the budget for next season, we have to count on not playing in Europe next season and the season after that. That'll have to be the budget. And then hope. And then if they do better than that and they next season, with the points deductions, no matter how much it is, they actually make it to, to Europe the following season, that's a bonus. They can't sit and wait. Because I agree. It, I agree. I mean, listen, it, it doesn't matter what happens because we know, I know, if I know that Juventus are going to be banned from Europe, then I think they know. <laughs> so, so, do you no, know what I mean? Not, so, no, no, no. But seriously, I don't want to be like facetious about this because I think it's serious. And I think we should, like, we know that UEFA, like, whether or not they finish in the eight, top eight or top seven spots, UEFA are going to give them either a transfer ban or ban them from Europe. I personally think it's going to be a ban from Europe more than a transfer ban. Um, but the thing is that they they need to they are in complete and utter disarray. I don't think Elkan, who now the Elkan wing of the family, knows what they're doing in football. They're brilliant in other areas, but I, I think they are clueless. Mm. This is yeah. why well, they, the they, under, they, they don't understand football. I mean, John Elkan I mean, is not a not football man. He doesn't understand. No, but it's football. not just that he's a football man. He doesn't understand. He just he has this kind of economist's view on it. Yeah, the first quarter, third quarter, and it doesn't work like that. This isn't a you know mm. this is football. You have to be proactive, and this is the same. This is exactly what happened the last time that wing of the Agnelli family, the Elkans, were in charge. 
they don't understand football and they shouldn't be in charge of Juve. It, it never ends well. Um, now, of course, there is no um, it never there is no alternative to them because Andrea Agnelli's you know his ban has been upheld and that's because of the nonsense that he's done or oversaw and signed off on. So this is what I'm I'm worried about Juve. From a, from for for Juventus sake, this isn't an Allegri issue. I I think this is this could be exactly like post Calciopoli, in that it takes five six years for Juve to recover because of the lack of leadership. Remember Seco, remember Cobolio Gili. I mean, remember all these. Well, that's exactly these... what we've seen in the last two years. I mean, it's already been post Calciopoli esque in the last two years. What we've seen in the last two years is exactly and even predating that, but they still had some credit in the bank from previously they still were able to to win some titles but the last two years are exactly well, I mean I'm talking about Al Mauri I'm talking about like you know well, that's what we've seen kinds. in the last yeah. two years the last two years are exactly the same as what we no, saw exactly the same there's no difference no, I don't at think all so. I, th- I don't think Dusan they didn't sign any Dusan Vlaovic signings back then they didn't sign Di Maria signings back then they just bought crap uh, the the savior the shining light was that they brought in uh, Beppe Marotta uh, from Sampdoria, even though he first failed with Giuliano. Yeah, but I'm Mel. talking about the, the 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 entire leadership, the lack of leadership, the lack of competence mm-hmm. in the upper management, the terrible transfer markets, the way they blew money and spent money. Mm-hmm. All that is the last two years has been identical. There's no difference mm-hmm. at all. On, well, I think that, the difference. No, I think there is a difference There's, because this was the pandemic kind of scared the crap out of Andrea Agnelli, and that's why they did all the nonsense because they were under pressure. Post Calciopoli, it was a group of people who literally had no idea what they were doing. They just appointed, uh, first it was Ciro Ferrara, then it was Del Ne. I mean, it was just dumb, It's been the same, dumb, la- I, I repeat, exactly the same the last two years. Exactly, there's no, no difference. I don't think it is. There's no it's difference. difference. They're both incom- two incompetent upper managements after Calciopoli yeah. and there's well, incompetent Andrea, Andrea upper Agnelli management. Was, was the reason Juve uh, won nine Serie A in the, in the row as well. Yes, but I'm talking about the decisions, saying the the decisions being made in the last two years are all yeah. catastrophic. Every yeah. single one of them, just as catastrophic. Yeah. I would even say in many cases more because it's more impressive the the, the collapse than, than what it was after Calciopoli when everything mm. fell apart after Calciopoli. No, I, I think I think this has got to do with with uh, with the with the pandemic. They they weren't prepared for that. No one was and a lot of well, the pandemic hasn't there. helped Nima, but you, the, you it predates right, it, the it, pandemic, it all the bad decisions in the transfer market, yes, the bad was, decisions talking with about, coaches. Yes, I, I, that I all get, predates the pandemic. Yeah it, it does, but what I'm saying is the reason why Andrea Pirlo was appointed in the first place uh, the reason why they did all the stupid accounting and, 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 and financial stuff that they did was because of the pandemic, because yeah. they panicked. When people panic, they do stupid shit. And they did lots of stupid shit here. And yeah. when, I, when, I, when I draw the... I, I think competent management doesn't do that either. Marotta would have done that. Marotta didn't do that at Inter. You know, the pandemic yeah, yeah, Inter Marotta, as well. Marotta didn't have anything to say at Inter. He was sooning he just turned off the tap and said, this is the budget work, it's sorted out. But the, the difference here is that the, what I'm saying is that the difference here with why I say that post-Calciopoli, what I'm worried could happen, is that the people in charge are going to be people who know nothing about football. Once again, that's the analogy I'm drawing between then and now. Then there were people in charge of Juve who knew absolutely nothing about football, and that's what I think is going to happen now, because the Elkan family, uh, so far... They, the, the, this, this is back and forth with Juntoli, just this back and forth with, with um, you know, with, with, uh, 
what's going to happen in the you know they're talking about maybe doing go, going with what's his name uh continuing as a sporting director the whose name eludes me now the 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 guy that just took over interim i mean it's just it's, it's yeah that, that's the guy mm, i mean good. it's going to be it's it's, yeah. it's well, i it's saw them link with sally amazic yesterday who's an absolute disaster i mean if he comes then then we might as well forget about it completely forget about it i mean he's all he's horrific I mean, he almost lost by Munich the Bundesliga, which is almost impossible. Well, they were sacked. I, I think Salih Hamidzic would be a step up compared to what they've got now. Maybe not, you know, at least he's a football man. This is my, this is exactly my point. The people there is not the people that, that he's got so far, that the Elkans mm. have got. Well, Seko right was now. a football man as well, but I mean, he well, was, <laughs> he was, was terrible. He was, he was <laughs> Serie Chi football man. But no, no, this is what I mean. Like, I'm, I'm worried about what could happen here because that this could be a prolonged five-year absence. Uh, one thing that I think kind of could save that if, and this is a Hail Mary, and that is if Antonio, because Antonio Conte was apparently there at the stadium last year, uh, last night, and if he comes, well, you know, just, just him and understanding how football works and understanding what needs to be done, Juve will be a good Juve. It will all, you, his, his teams are always good. They always deliver. Um, and he mm. will have Juve <clears throat> through this difficult period. You I'm a bit torn with Conte because I don't think he's he's a sustain. He's not, well, we know he's not a sustainable option. And what Juventus need now is they need to rebuild. They need to put a project in. Conte is not a project manager. Conte is somebody who will come in and he'll just, he'll, he'll just, you know, two for two years, he will do incredible things. But then, you know, there's no planning for after he's gone, uh, and and I don't think you have the, that's a luxury Juventus don't have. Look, this is what I'm trying to say, and this is what I've been trying to t- to tell you and all Juve fans on this pod for the last six months. You don't have that luxury. This is the iceberg is hit, the Titanic is sinking. You're thinking about what you're going to do when you get to New York. Right now, you need to stay alive and survive. You need to not freeze to death in the water. You need to get on that lifeboat and try to pedal. What happens in New York is later. This is what I mean. Antonio no. Conte. They need Antonio to get the, Conte, they need to get they need to get the foundations in with with a proper project with a proper, with a minus 30 40 throughout. points next season you could be relegated. This is what I'm talking about. Antonio Conte could get you 80 85 90 points so that you don't get relegated. This is my point. This is what I'm saying. Well, if it is as many points as that, I mean, I don't think it'll be that many. But, you know, if it was, then yeah, I'm, I'm with you. But what Juventus need is they need they need people in place that are, you know, throughout the upper management, not just one man at the top who will, you know, will, I mean, I, I don't know. If, I mean, Juventus have got a lot of young players. I don't think Conte will like that. Um, Conte's got no problem with young players. I think this is one of the greatest myths in, in, in world football that he's got a problem. He will play whoever is good enough and does what he says. It doesn't matter how old they are. If they do what he says, he will play them. We've seen it mm-hmm. like throughout his career. He doesn't care. Like I, th- I think, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not his biggest fan as a character because he drives me crazy, but I think we should be honest. I think this notion that he's, he just wants older players is not, is not true. If a young player does his job, then he will play him. He's always done that. He's got no issue with that. I mean, yeah, but he wants players. That, he wants players that are more ready, and a lot of these Juventus players are not ready. You know, if they if yeah. they are young and they're absolutely fantastic, like Bastoni, of course he'll play them or because Pogba, or Christensen, and so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, because these players were ready and they were already ready at that time. Um, but you know, the Juventus players. You know, you think he's going to play someone like Illing Junior or you know these kind of players? If I don't know. If Illing Junior does what he's told, he will play him. 
This is what I mean. Like Conte's Conte's not a complicated man. Uh, Antonio Conte is very it's very programmatic. It's this is the system. Can you adapt to the system and do what I want he wants you to do in the system? If you mm. do that, he'll play you. And also, if Antonio Conte is not patient enough for what Juventus need, this Juventus team needs nurturing, it needs developing. Uh it's got too many players that are are in a developmental stage. Conte's not the right player. I mean, he might cut, I mean if it's a heavy heavy points penalty like you said, Absolutely, you know, to try and save them for one season, maybe. But I think you're just pushing the, you're just pushing it down the line. You're pushing the buck down the line further with, with Conte. You know, someone like Spalletti, we're going to come on to to him when we speak about Napoli. I know it's not going to be him now because it's going to take a year out apparently. But you know, which someone is the like, smartest thing I've ever heard so, him say. So, by someone, the way. someone like him is what is what they need. But then it also needs the team around them, uh, around them as well. If Juventus don't you know, have the right team, the right sporting director, the right coaches. All everything. of that is true. All of that mm. is true. I'm just saying that that's if, because of the, 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 the salary stuff that's coming and that's going to be the hammer. I mean, I'm thinking minimum 20, 25 points. I mean, 10 points for plus Valenza, you know, <laughs> then, then what they did there, if not, and also not to mention if players get suspended as well. You know what? You know who who was involved, where and how, and all that stuff. So no, look, I, I think you need to realize that. Forget about trophies for the next two three years. Focus on surviving and build something. Just like last time, when you you slowly returned back, and then you you've dominated for for nine years. You know, I think you have to look at it like that. This is this is a disaster. What the, what Paratici and Anien, Andrea Agnelli have done here is nothing than an unmitigated disaster, and it's going to take a few years to recover from, and it's going to take you know Juve some time to to uh, to to bounce back. And 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 I'm just hoping for the sake of because look, Italian football needs Juve, Inter, Milan at at the top. That's when Italian football is at its best. We have an Inter and Milan at the top. We have a Juve in free fall. That's not good for the Serie A. That's not good for Italian football. So we need Juve to return as as, as, as strong as possible. We need, because now we got a Napoli that's very strong. We've got a Roma that's looking good. We've got a Lazio. We've we got all the classic clubs back up. We need Juve back up as soon as possible. I just don't think that the Elkan family are the right people in charge. But unfortunately, because of what Andrea Agnelli did, this is the, they are in charge and there are no other no other candidates. And that is a big problem for me. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, what, what, listen, yeah, I mean, what, what, I mean, I think, I think everybody agrees Allegri has to go. Um, I mean, it doesn't seem like he, he wants to resign, which, no, is, which is also a problem for Juventus from a financial point of view, because then they're going to have to pay him off. Um, that was the defeat number 17 uh, last night, um, which is now two off the all time record. And the only good news for Juventus is they won't reach that record because there's only one game, one game left of the season. <laughs> Um, so, so that's the that's the only good news. There, there was only one other thing I wanted to say from this game, uh, and that is uh, Di Maria, Angel Di Maria. He was booed off the pitch uh, in this game, mm. in the, his final game as a as a Juventus player. Now, is that harsh? Is it harsh that he was booed off the pitch? I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe slightly, um, but it just backs up what I said, and I said this at the time. When Juventus signed him, I was totally against this signing. I got so much heat from the same mm. old sheep that all jump on the bandwagon. You know, what are you talking about? It's Di Maria. He's fantastic. He's amazing. I'm sorry. I hate to do this, but I was right again. He's had a purple patch for two months after the World Cup from January until March. In, the, in that purple patch, he was fantastic. He was brilliant during those two months. He's, he got six goals, three assists. 
uh, and he was he was wonderful. He carried Juventus during those those two months. The rest of the season, he's been a complete disaster. I've got the stats to back it up. 11 games before the World Cup. So 11 games he played for Juventus before the World Cup. In nine of those games, zero goals, zero assists. So basically offered nothing in those games. Then after that purple patch that I've just discussed, his end to the season has been awful. The last 15 games since that, since March, um, 15 games, zero goals, zero assists. When Juventus needed him, in the important part of the season, in the in the in the, the busy part when we had the the big games, the semi-finals of the Europa League, he missed that huge chance against Sevilla, and he was bad in both legs. Um, you know, in these big games when Juventus were were you know down the stretch, he's done nothing. He's offered nothing, and um, yeah, <laughs> of course Allegri is is to blame as well. We know when we look at the other attackers what he's done to them, but. You know, this was the point I was making at the time. And it also goes into everything what we've just been discussing about the, the total lack of a project and lack of team building uh, at Juventus from the top right down to the coach. You know, what is the point of signing a 34, 35-year-old like Di Maria on a free transfer, on a high salary? It's not a, You can't build a sustainable project like that. He, he ends up, he's now leaving after a year. He's leaving now. This is, that's it. His last game is, is, this, is this weekend. He's gone. And, and what have Juventus built? What have Juventus gained out of it? Absolutely nothing at all. They've gained nothing. Um, so it was just a complete pointless, just a completely pointless signing. The only good news from it is, unlike Vlaovic, who obviously cost a lot of money on a transfer fee, you know, they don't have the burden of that transfer fee. That's the only good thing to come, to come out of it. So I just wanted to raise that point uh, about mm. Di Maria. Yeah, I, I think there's some nuance to be had with the Di Maria thing. I think the World Cup was a was a was always going to be a special one, and he did deliver in the World Cup. Uh, I think there's a player there. I, I think this. Um, I, I don't. I understand your point in terms of building a sustainable project, but it was clear that Juve weren't doing that. They were just trying to build something that would work today. You know, bring someone in like you know. Marotta did with Dzeko and Mkhitaryan. You know, free transfer delivers. You know, we know you know what you get with him. Maybe bat passes best, but he still you know delivers. Has the intelligence and quality to turn up from time to time. Um, and 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 you know, it's good to have champions in the dressing room. Like, or you know, that's that's you know that, that's the logic behind it. I don't think it's worked because of mainly some of his injuries. I think the booing of Di Maria is ridiculous. But at the same time, he has not exactly. He needs to understand that he's he's a Juve. He can't he can't turn up there treating Juve with the disrespect that he's done. Um, his attitude has been all wrong. Um, but no, it's it's no it's, motivation. It's not, I mean, that was clear. Yeah. I said that at the time. He wasn't motivated. Yeah. All he cared about was the World Cup. He basically was on holiday. Just yeah. he was just training basically yeah. before the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, he got was brilliant for two months after the World Cup. That's it. He was brilliant yeah. for two months. Juventus, he's at two yeah. months. Juventus has had him for two months this season, yeah. and he's been done absolutely nothing for the rest of the season. Um, mm. So, you know, it just, it just again, it's just another, another example of Juventus's terrible transfer market. You know, mm. they, they buy these players, and what they do, what, what they, what, how do they fit into the puzzle? Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. No, before we just, before we go on to Milan though, um, <laughs> so this is part of it because Di Maria is leaving, and then yeah. now they need to build a new team. Well, Juventus have a whole load of loan flops returning. Um, yes, at, they do, and this is another problem for Juventus, um, and it's going to be a financial burden. Uh, it's going to be, but 
it's just going to be a burden full stop. So we've got Weston McKenney. <laughs> did you see? Did you see the events of yesterday, with Weston McKenney? Yes, I did. His the Leeds fans were very funny, and 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 on Twitter and social media, Weston's friends hosted a space where they had the funniest argument ever <laughs> with Leeds fans. Um, and they were calling him all sorts of names, and it, it Who just was? deteriorated. So tell me, tell me about this. I, I need no, to hear Leeds this. fans, Leeds fans. There, there was a space on Twitter, yeah, and there was apparently Weston McKinney's mates, and they were saying, "Oh, you don't like him because he's American." And a Leeds fan was just exploded on them and said, "Look, I don't care where he's from. He's just absolute crap. Um, it doesn't matter. They can, he, he's, he's useless." And and it was it was just a complete shit show. It was very very funny, um, and they were trying to save it. And and I think no, there was it was it was just a complete mess. And then, of course, Weston McKinney's dad um, quote tweeted. Harambe for some reason because <laughs> it was the seventh, I think, or eighth anniversary of of the the that the thing with Harambe, um, and uh, said s- tweeted something in support. What is Harambe of for people that, that, that Har- don't know? Oh, come on, everybody knows Harambe. It's Google Harambe, the gorilla who in, in the zoo who who they shot dead, I think, because of uh, you know the ch- the child who fell down into the into the gorilla. What's into that the gorilla. Weston McKenney. Like I don't understand at all. Yeah, he was in the Cincinnati Zoo from 2014 to 2016. Um and uh, yeah, now a 3-year-old boy climbed into the gorilla enclosure at the Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Garden. He was dragged and grabbed by Harambe, fearing for the boy's life. A zoo worker shot and killed Harambe. The incident was recorded on video and received broad international coverage and commentary. Um, including controversy over the choice of use of legal force. Um, th- apparently, that was the anniversary yesterday, and I don't know why. Why? Why? I don't why get the, it. Like, what, what's the implying here? No, I don't, I, mean, I don't think he's implying anything. This is. It's not that deep. Here's the thing. I just think he doesn't know how to use Twitter. Have Have you Have you tried giving Twitter to your mum and dad? I have. There's a reason I've banned my mum. Let alone. No, my mum is good with you. No, my mum's good with Facebook. <laughs> And but Twitter and Instagram, she just shouldn't be. I don't let her on there because she doesn't know what she's doing. Um, and 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 that's. I think this is what's happened. I think it's a mistake. I think he accidentally quote tweeted Harambe and and did that. I don't think there's anything. There's any deep deeper meaning um, of that. And, and there was and some like, goal just there. I mean, Weston McKenney when he got subbed off yesterday, and the entire or the, the entire lead stadium were, were, were charting youth bat bastard at him. I mean. <laughs> the Leeds fans are, are something, and then there was that that OnlyFans uh, model, that Chelsea. Yeah, uh, the one. Stripper. No wonder he's been crap all season. He's yeah. just been busy. And she took a screenshot. Astrid and, Wet, her name yeah, is. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Well, no need to say that, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> well, um, but uh, basically, she took a screenshot off her Instagram and posted everyone who every blue tick on Instagram who liked her. And Weston McKenney was like nineteen out of twenty five of the latest notifications she had. <laughs> Um, it's it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I wonder if she likes his ranch sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, grow up, <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, yeah. So anyway, Weston McKenney's back to Juventus, and that's going to drive me absolutely insane. Having to yes, watch it that, is. it is. And I, I was watching that- Leeds yesterday, and one he did this one pass, which yesterday, which which. It was just a simple six-yard pass. He totally overhit it, and and Tottenham nearly scored in a counter-attack from it. Um, but one player messed up that counter-attack for Tottenham. Do you want to guess who it was? 
<laughs> Bayan Kulosevsky, who also looks like he's about to. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I honestly don't think so. As much you think as he's going to stay at Tottenham, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they'll. Um, he's a young player, Daniel Levy. What you know, he has resale value. He's not a thirty-something player. Levy likes they, that. Yeah, yeah. And they've also invested quite a bit of money in him. Like that would literally be wasting millions yeah. of pounds. And not having anything. Well, to McKenney's show. obligations collapsed. They had a thirty-four million yeah. obligation lease. That's collapsed. He's definitely going back to Juventus yeah. because obviously Leeds are in the championship. They're not going to pay that. He's been horrific. Of course not. Uh, Kulusevski's obligation has also collapsed because Tottenham needed to get in the Champions League. But I mean, he's been horrific this season as well. But like you said, there is a resale value, and if they have invested in him, maybe they see that as you know. Well, what, I think we're going to lose more, like twenty-five million pounds in him, like so far, to 15 already. To yeah. 20. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a lot of money to not own the asset. Yeah. Like Daniel, you have to remember, Levy's a businessman. He's, if you pay 20, 15, 20 million, however many million you pay, that's an asset investment. You want to control that asset. And to send that back to Juve, that's essentially saying, here's 25 million pounds, Juve, go have fun with it. Yeah. I mean, they're not it's like loaning him for 25 million. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. No, I can't imagine. I mean, he would have to be crazy if he did that. Yeah, I hope so. Okay, Dennis Zakaria from Chelsea. He's going to come back as well. He was on loan. They won't sign him. Arthur Mello, again, Liverpool. I mean, he's, I think he's paid like 20 minutes for Liverpool yeah, this season. Like one Champions League. I think it was against Napoli, actually. That's all he played, a Champions League sub-appearance when they were getting hammered in Naples. The uh, more then, you read these names, the more I'm just, it's going to be Conte. It's going to be Conte. These are such Conte type of midfielders and players. Weston McKenney. Um, you know, it's it's just no, me, no, no. I don't care if it's Conte. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's God Himself. There's no way I want, uh, uh, and there's no way I want McKenny playing in my midfield. Um, Arthur Mello, uh, yeah, and Luca Pellegrini at Lazio as well is probably going to return. Um, Which I think is weird because Lazio need that need him. Yeah, I know. But have you seen him play? <laughs> yeah, but look, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's. I mean, there's more than a hundred million of money there that the Juventus won't get. Uh, and again, this is damning on Paratici, like signing these players, uh, and and you know who. Denis Zakaria is a, is a Conte player too. Like the, these are Conte type midfielders. They might be Conte type players, but I mean, none of them are good enough at the end of the day. So I mean, it's just not Juventus level players. Um, he won. This, he won. He got to a champion. Like I mean, he, I'm sorry, but when you get when you beat world champions and European champions, Spain with Graziano Pelle, Eder, and Giaccherini as a regista, I, I I mean, you know, I, I I have faith in Antonio Conte. That much I'll tell you. Mm. let's move on to the enough about Juventus now um, let's move yes, on to, yes. to Milan and and Milan clinched the top four so that's Napoli, Lazio, Inter and Milan all in the Champions League next season I mean for me it was like you said it was just a steady performance they were calm they were collected I thought I have to I have to I have to admit though again I, I thought the standard of quality of this game was terrible um and I don't think it was a particularly great performance from Milan, but they did what they had to do. They didn't concede mm-hmm. anything. They had the best chances of the game. Seller makers had a big chance at 1-0. That was their, really the only big chance in the entire game, I think, for either team. Um, but the per- who we do have to we do have to praise is what Giroud. Header. Because that header was world-class. It was world-class. I mean, class. He's, he's, so, uh, he's not in balance. He's not, you know, he's struggling. He's pe- backpedaling. He's trying to get himself back up. And... You know he's under pressure. He's leaning back. I mean, ah, it's 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 a fantastic header, absolutely fantastic header. Um, good cross by Calabria, 
but a uh, fantastic header by by Giroud. Fantastic header. Um, and, I mean, overall, I thought Milan were in control. I thought Teo Hernandez was, you know, I think the choice to play Cuadrado alone against Leao and Hernandez was, was very brave. He did well, though. They did nothing. They didn't do anything. Yeah. They created nothing on that on that side. I just thought, I mean, Cuadrado, I have to say again, Cuadrado, the, the hate he gets from Juventus fans, I yeah, never understand. Unfair. I think he's, I think he's been, unfair. I think he's fantastic. I still think he's good now. Um, but you know, I, I don't get the hate. I think he's been magnificent. Had a magnificent I think with Yuvar now, they'd be smart to keep him for another season. Honestly, I don't know whether I'd keep him for another year because he's thirty. Going to be he's thirty five now. So I mean, but then yeah, I guess it depends what happens. <laughs> if they have a transfer Again, ban, they might have to keep him. <laughs> exactly. This is <laughs> what know? I mean. Like, you know, what, what do they do? Because I mean, give him a transfer ban. I mean, but I mean, coming back to Giroud though, I mean, yeah, it was that was world class. I mean, he's leaning back. He's way out the power of his neck muscles, but the control and the power to direct it to the far post. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's definitely in his career in the last gener in the last decade, he has been, I don't know. Has there been a, a more consistent player aerially than Giroud in the last, you know, well, Cristiano Ronaldo. years? Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Yeah. Ronaldo. Yeah. Yes. After Ronaldo. Uh, Lewandowski maybe. Yeah. I mean, right now I think, uh, who's better than him right now in the air? Ossiman, I would say. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, Ossiman's the best. And then maybe you've got Lewandowski. I would say is on the same kind of level as mm. you read. Obviously, Lewandowski is a much better all-round player. But you know, I think yeah. Harry Kane's good in the air as well. Harry Kane's good, yeah, but I mean, Giroud, for me, I mean, this season yeah, he's got so many great headers, uh, yeah. also for France as well in the World Cup. He's, he's, yeah. Benzema's good in the air. Benzema's good as well, but you know, Giroud is a specialist in the air. Yeah, I mean, there he is. There he I is. don't think, I don't know how many people would have been able to score that header no, in World no, Football no. now. That is difficult, not just to get to the ball, not just to get a clean header, but to direct it the way he does. I mean, he he wrong foots Chesney. That's such a difficult thing to do. Mm. Um, it's it's like a he's like a it's it's a it's a placed lob header into the fork into the opposite corner. Now it was it was truly mm. world class. Obviously, Great Milan are very well. very lucky to finish in the top four because on the pitch they don't deserve to. Juventus deserve to. But given that they now are in the Champions League next season, that secures Pioli, doesn't it, for, for next yeah. season? Would you say no? I, I think so. Uh, and also, I mean, this is so funny because that's what Allegri said after the game. That You know, what did he say? Something along the lines of there are teams in the Champions League who who um, shouldn't be there or are there because of, you know, who have taken our place or something to that effect, um, which I thought was hilarious. But then again, I mean, look, if, if you add the 10 points, uh, they've got 69 points. That's just two ahead of Milan. You know, yeah. he needs to make sure to keep. If he's going to keep banging that drum, he needs to win that last game against against uh, Udinese, don't he? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. And they're on. They're basically on sixty nine points as well. Yeah, for the, so for the season, um, which is you know less than even what he got last season. Mm. <laughs> so, so the idea that yeah, again, but anyway, but then again, you you, but then again, the, the other side of that is to be fair is to be the the conditioning of this mess that's been going on at you off the pitch. Certainly, the last two games, yeah, the Empoli, the Empoli game and, and Milan game, absolutely no doubt, um, hugely conditioned. I mean, this game, Juventus were were you could see that they they were broken, they 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 they, they were totally broken inside. Um, you could see that. Uh, Certainly, in the second half. I mean, there was, there was just they just gave up second half completely, um, which is one thing you you, you know you, you don't 
associate with uh, Juventus at all. Um, let's move on to, to Inter, who also clinched um, Champions League football. They only needed a point. They won 3-2 in a, a really, really exciting game, unlike the Milan game. This was, this was fantastic. Inter had a really fast start. Scored some amazing goals. Borella's goal, amazing. Chalanoglu, amazing disallowed goal. Even Lukaku's finish was, was, was brilliant. The question I have for you, Nima, is Lukaku and Lautaro, it was a Lula show Lula. this game. They have to start oh. the Champions League final together. Surely they have to. We, we, and will, and also, I know you think they should, but will Inzaghi start them in the final now? I think so. I, I think so, without a doubt. I think he will. I think he has to. He knows. I mean, he when you have them playing like they have, uh, when you have them, you know, it, it was just... It's just the way that... that the thing, what what he offers you, is exactly that. He wins the ball. He holds the ball up. He beats the press. Atalanta, Fiorentina, Napoli, they all pr- play similar to how Man City play. In the sense of, obviously, Man City do it a thousand times better because they have better players and and um, they, they press much more intensely for, for than, than anyone does uh, in world football. Um, so it's, you know, what... what Lukaku does is he gives you that option to hold up the ball and he's so strong physically and he can you know he can he can link up really well. This was something that I you know I remember when 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 Conte wanted him badly everyone was mocking Conte saying, oh this guy can't play with his back against the wall goal he can't link up well you know he can and he he always could it was just about teaching him that and Conte did teach him that by essentially tattooing Andrea Ranocchia to his back for the first 6 weeks. Uh, and at preseason training camp at Inter, uh, and and those two years when he was there, and so he learned to play with his back against the goal, um, and I think that's why you have to play him, and because also the fact that when he wins that he flicks on, and him and Lautaro have this, you know, this understanding. This is this just just incredible, um, and if you know, Lautaro in this form, he is just unbelievable. This is the best I've ever seen Lautaro Martinez play. The the level that he plays at, he's becoming this kind of complete, almost Ballon d'Or, or is Ballon d'Or worthy level that he plays at. His the pass he made for the second goal, which led up to the second goal, his mm. his link up play, his vision, his technique. This this is a future if he's gonna continue like this, we're we're talking Ballon d'Or here. I really and his form really. is in unreal at the moment. His last twelve games, he's got eleven goals and four assists. Nah, and you add that to Lukaku's form, who since April has nine goals, five assists. I mean, twenty these two, goals and nine assists among them. I mean, it's just they have to start the Champions League. Yeah, I'm, no, so, I'm sorry, they have to start. He's going to start. Yeah. Zaghi's not stupid. He's looking at that and he's thinking, you know, when you. You know he's going to play against a high intense pressing side like Atalanta, Napoli, and uh, yeah, and Fiorentina. And so you have to start because you saw what happened with Jeko. Jeko's just useless in that situation. He doesn't offer anything. Um, yeah, and so you, you as have we've to said, start they need to get out. And also, I just think that also, I mean, if there's one criticism that I've had all season of Inter is that they just don't have any pace uh, and in attack. Uh, and but Lukaku looks physically very, very much in the best shape I've seen him since since he returned to, to Inter, which mm. which maybe it's not hard, but he does look like if you see him over one to five yards, 
he looks mm. like that spark is. I mean, he's never going to be the Lukaku that he was. Yeah, two that's, years that's ago. the issue. That, that's yeah, natu- exactly. But that's natural through age. He's yeah. thirty years old now. But yeah. but you know, he's got. I mean, if you see him, the way that he took that goal, I mean, that was that was Lukaku razor sharp. Lukaku, the way that he took it round the goalkeeper. You don't get many strikers taking the goalkeeper on anymore nowadays. That's one thing I, I don't like about modern football. That's just kind of disappeared from modern football. Is that people. Strikers don't take on the goalkeeper, so that was really, really nice. That was a, such a clinical finish, and yeah. it made it look no, so he is easy. A, we always know that about Lukaku; he's a clinical finisher. Like that, that's that's you know he's a, he's a bomber. Um, but I mean, like he said himself, like Lukaku said himself after the game on Instagram, "Welcome to Lula Park." I mean, th- this is this is what they need to do. You know, it has to be Lula Park. And, and and the midfield, that midfield, my dream, my dream midfield was playing as well and it was ticking. Um, and the only difference is that I would have Darmian start instead of D'Ambrosio. Uh, and if Skriniar is fit, of course, him as well. But no, look, we'll, we'll know in the, this week uh, if he starts against Torino, if he plays against Torino. If he doesn't play against Torino, he will at most be a be a substitute screen yeah but no to me that's the lineup you have to play calcio verticale you have to play that kind of football maybe not rigidly calcio verticale but you have to have some elements of it in order to to deal with with city yeah absolutely talking of city then and they actually lost although they played their entire reserve team uh, against brentford but the i want to ask you about guardiola um because this this got a lot of uh, reaction on on social media during the week. So Guardiola was was praising Inter uh, weirdly. Actually, the words that he used, um, good body language. Watch out for them. He's just he talking <laughs> nonsense. He doesn't know what he's talking. I mean, he's just he just made that up. Like he he does. This is what he does. He's he's a. It's not even waffling. He's just, the man. I mean, he's a pathological liar. You know the the thing about him watching Manchester United in 1999 winning the tr- Continental Treble as a little boy. He was 28 years old and the captain of Barcelona. What are you talking about? Um, and and this is this is you know he just it's it's just lie after lie after lie. I do find him one of the most disingenuous without a people doubt in football without a doubt. And and this this usual nonsense of hyping teams up and. Um, this this ridiculous. Oh, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. And he does it with everyone. He does it with yeah, everyone. I mean, I'm sure that like, he. I'm sure if he's playing against, uh, you know, Sean Dyche or or someone like that, he would he would hype them up as being an all time great. He just. No, know, he did it for Sarri. He did it with Spalletti, but Spalletti's too smart. So Spalletti went after him and and started, you know, outdid him, uh, outcrazied him by giving him a standing ovation, uh, just to you know shut him up. Um, and and it's just it's he's just incredibly disingenuous and he just lies. It's just lie after lie after lie. And and I'm I'm getting a little bit exhausted of these. Uh, you know, he's been in England now for how many years? Week in week out press conference seven and years. never once seven seven is it seven mm-hmm. yeah seven years week in week out match pre match press conferences. Not a single critical question. Not once has he been asked about anything. He just gets away with everything. He's just allowed to lie and and push out un- misinformation, and no one questions him. You know, mm. when he says that we just want to get this case over with, no, you will tell. That's not true. City are are, are delaying it. Their lawyers are delaying this case and dragging it on by claiming that the barrister is an Arsenal fan and should be removed. 
I mean, it's just, you know, stuff like that. They've been dragging this case on. Nobody pushes back against that. Nobody no. pushes back against when he says about, when he talks about how, you know, he, about racism and says that, you know, we owe whatever it was he said about how we, we, we owe an apology. When I think about what we've done to black people the last 400 years, we owe an apology. Well, when you were at Barcelona, Roberto Carlos talk, spoke about being, uh, having being racially abused and, and called monkey and chimpanzee by Barcelona fans. You said he talked too much and that he doesn't know anything about Barcelona. Mm. Nobody questions him on that. Nobody questions him on, on his do his own doping uh, scandal as well. I mean, let's be honest. Let's remember when he played at Brescia, he twice tested positive for Nandrolone, mm. you know, and he twice lost um, that. Um, he twice lost that appeal. The, yeah. uh, what happened was that, you know, he had uh, his personal doctor was Dr. Ramon Segura. Um, and, and he was also the personal physician of Frank de Boer. Um, and, you know. Who also tested positive. Yeah, I know. And, 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 and the thing is that the, the only reason, this is what, you know, when people talk about that, um, when they talk about uh, that, he you know, he, when they talk about how, that he got, he was exonerated. Well, actually, um, he in two thousand seven, he was he was cleared of this because um, there were changes in the World Anti Doping Agency's guidelines. In two thousand five, WADA had found that a phenomenon called unstable urine in samples could lead to positive tests for low levels of nandrolone. And in very rare cases, nandrolone could be found in samples, not because of external administration, but as a result of a chemical reaction that may occur in a vial containing urine. Uh, the WAD, uh, WADA instructed all accredited labs to perform stability tests on urine samples with nandrolone concentrations from 2 to 10 uh, NG per milliliter moving forward. A microgram, I think that stands for. Guardiola's was on the high side of that. 12. Well, he had 12 micrograms per liter. Uh, those samples were that were deemed unstable would not constitute an adverse analytic finding. Then director of the WADA, uh, De uh, David Howman, stood by the efficacy of the previous test, Fernandrolone, saying the chances of urine becoming unstable were very rare. The chances were 1 out of 1,000 and 1 out of 10,000 positive tests. Guardiola was cleared by the Court of Appeals in Brescia, not because of his samples being deemed unstable, but because it could have been possible that his four samples had been mm. unstable. Why? Because it was the it was the, because of the impossible impossibility to now perform stability tests taken on samples taken in two thousand one. Meaning, stability tests must be carried out within five weeks of the collection of yeah, a sample. they couldn't. They couldn't retest in two thousand seven. No sample even remained to be retested. Yeah. So that's getting that's being let off on a on a technicality. On an extreme technicality. I mean, there's because like a one of a rule 10, change that came in 2005. I'm sorry, but th this is th this is how it is. Th this 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 is. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's absurd. But nobody ever asks these questions. They never get. They never get. No, what they on do. Them. This is what pisses me off. Instead, they sit on Twitter and bitch and pretend like there's some you know that like that like they're actual journalists because they're not. They sit and bitch on Twitter, but when they go into the press room with him, nobody asks this man any 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 critical questions ever on mm. anything. They just give him a pass. 
and it's it's yeah. re- it's and weird. It's the same, and it's exactly the same with City um, with their financial data. I have as well. never in sports Ex- seen anyone as protected as this man. He's the most protected character in all of sports ever. Never seen anything like it. Lance Armstrong, Marion Jones, no one, no matter what the sport, Novak Djokovic, everyone has been has been asked critical questions to the point where they don't like it. But that's what journalists are supposed to bloody do. Yeah. No one asks this man any critical questions ever. It's unbelievable. They all sit like fanboys salivating around him like, you know, with wide eyes and oh look at Pep he plays good football no. he can get away with anything he can get with racist statements he can get with 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 doping he can get with 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 with, with lying about uh, wanting uh, the the case to the Manchester City uh, financial uh, doping case to go away that he wants it done as quickly as possible I mean it's just he can get away with everything nobody ever questions this man I don't no. understand why, and it should be a talk, and it should be a big talking point ahead of the, ahead of the final. Uh, uh, and that's uh, another thing I wanted to address as well. People asking me why I'm bringing this up now because it's never been brought up before, never once. And so I bring it up now. I do it. I will. I will. I'm, I'll, I'll talk about it because no one else will. No. No, absolutely, and I think the financial doping. You know, City shouldn't even be in the Champions League, uh, and the way that they are protected as a club as well, not just Guardiola being protected as a as a person, but Man City as a club and the the special treatment they get. All the while, Juventus are going to be banned from 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 UEFA, and the people that I've spoken to at Juventus, that as it stands right now, UEFA are virtually literally basically blackmailing Juventus that they need to denounce the Super League and officially pull out publicly pull out of the Super League denounce it in order to get a lighter sentence on on their well, that's not black it's not blackmail well, it's that plead is, bar- it's blackmail. no it's not blackmail it's not blackmail it's it's plead bargaining that's just how how it works blackmail is is something else but they're using their leverage to put pressure on Juve to semantics it's exactly no the it's same not thing. semantics there are, le- there are actual legal definitions of blackmail and plead bargaining this is something different we can't call it blackmail because it's not blackmail is 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 something completely different this this is not what blackmail well, it is, is what blackmail Nima. It's no it's, it's not your, they, it's Juventus not justice committed, Juventus, it's not justice. it is justice because Juventus have committed a crime you uh, Carlo they have been convicted of a crime when you're convicted of a crime the Super League Nima, has crime. nothing to do with with what punishment or otherwise Juventus should get nothing at all it, you cannot it, it, it use the Super League they can you cannot use the, can I can't believe you're even defending this Nima. no I'm not N- defending and I'm defending what facts are and definitions so it's you think it's right now. that UEFA should waive the Super League in front of, of Juventus and say if you know what we'll give you a light sentence if in exchange. they are legally allowed to do that this is called plea bargaining well, because they they because they this is being litigated in court as we speak whether or not something whether or not Barcelona really Real Madrid and Juventus made broke the laws or rules when going into the the legality of the Super League is being challenged right now as we speak. Therefore, in order in order what they're trying to do is the, to to circumvent that verdict. They're saying you you take it you, you know you screwed up here. Before we get to that point, you you distance yourself from the Super League. We'll give you leniency there. That's not blackmail. That is not blackmail. That is that's, not how. I'm sorry, that's the works. very definition of blackmail. No, it's not the very definition of blackmail. It's not the very definition of blackmail. It is not the very definition of blackmail. What it is is plea bargaining. It happens all the time. Uh, blackmail is is a criminal offence of demanding um, payment or some other benefit 
for not revealing or damaging. Well, the benefit for UEFA is they, the Super League that prefers, preserves their, their 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 future as the as the you know the yeah. owners of, of football. It but might be blackmail. emotional blackmail, but it's not legal blackmail. It's perfectly legal. It happens every single day, everywhere. It's the notion of when when someone has been convicted of something, in order to get leniency in terms of punishment, they plead they do something else in ch- in, in favor of the whatever you want to call it legal. Sporting, it's not blackmail. It's, it's, it's blackmail. not blackmail. It's, it's, bla- not blackmail. it's literally blackmail. It is not they are using this against men. I can't believe you've been defending it. I'm not I defending it. I'm defending, I'm defending English discussing. language and I'm defending what law is. This is not blackmail. You can feel it's blackmail. That's fine. That's your feelings. But I'm telling you, this is not blackmail. Juventus have been convicted of a crime, no matter how you feel about it. And UEFA are saying, we'll give you leniency if you step away from this other thing, the other legal case. That is not blackmail. That, that's just not what blackmail is. I'm well, sorry, officially, uh, Guardiola's innocent as well. But if, if you're going to if you're going to go that if you're going to go by the law, then we can talk no, about the I'm law. Going, no, because it's not it's not because uh, yes, he was legally legally he's, he's innocent. Then Guardiola as well. That's what Let, I said. Defend him I as know well. He, I mean, he was he was cleared beyond reasonable doubt. What I'm saying is that there are that, that if you look into the actual. Uh, into the legal case, which so I you, do you support the way that UEFA UEFA are going about it with Juventus no, then using the two I support super I no I don't support of you saying this is blackmail because it's not. But blackmail. Do you support Do you support the UEFA using the Super League against Juventus? You think that's justice? Do you? I don't. I th- this is it's 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 standard legal practice that when is you're it convicted, justice though? Is it when justice? you are convicted of a crime and you are also in litigation in another involved in a litigation in another crime in order to 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 expedite the legal process that this is how it works this is how it works everywhere juventus are not being uniquely treated by uefa this is standard legal procedure because you completely continue to forget that juventus have been found guilty they it's have. a political punishment, Nima. It's, it's clearly it could be a politically punishment. motivated, but it, that's a separate discussion. I'm saying that it's, this not, is it's not exactly black the man. same because otherwise no. they would punish others. You know, otherwise others would be punished. It wouldn't be Juventus. They're punishing Juventus because of the Super League. They're now using the Super League against them to try and give them a and more Juventus lenient punishment. Gave, and Juventus if gave this them. Was, that. If, this Juventus was, if this was someone that wasn't in that. the Super League, if this was if Juventus weren't in the Super League, this wouldn't even be part of it. So it's no. political. It's no, a politi- no. Juventus it's a political would, punishment, Nima. No, it's not. Listen, a we're not. Punishment. No one's Juventus saying Juventus committed a crime. Uh, you're forgetting that you're just ignoring so the fact others. that Juventus so committed others, a crime. But they haven't been punished, Nima. This is the That's whole a thing separate issue. This is the it's notion not, of the saying, same issue. you can't convict me of murder because 10,000 murderers walk... That's not a defence. That's that's insanity. I'm not saying it's a defence. I'm saying the reason they're getting punished is for political reasons, Nima. No, they're not. I'm not saying Juventus should be get off, Nima. I'm saying the reason they're getting punished and no one else is a political, which you've said yourself as no, well. So what, I don't, what's happening with Man City, what's happening, what happened with Man City was that they were convicted by UEFA. They appealed to the CAS and they were let off because some of the, a lot of those cases were brought too late, according to the ruling in the CAS. Um, but other rulings they were they were exonerated on as well, um, uh, on, on other issues. But I mean, that, that's, a, that's a separate we have thing. To, listen, we have to move on now. It's, it's clearly a political punishment. There's not even any doubt it's about a politi- it. It could, it's part of, there's no doubt that it's partly politically motivated, but Juventus would be stupid, absolutely stupid, if they gave in to this. I would not. Because they need to, the legality of the Super League is very important. And Juventus 
future is tied to that, and so is most of other clubs. And I think they would be dumb if they went into, if they gave up an inch here. Absolutely, but, which is why others should be supporting them on this, because because this is, you know, and re- recognising this for the political punishment it is, rather than, do you know what I mean, thinking that UEFA actually have some kind of right to, 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 to pr- produce they, justice. They have a way. legal right to do this. They can do this. They can, they, they've not pushed anything. They've said, we'll give you leniency on the crime that you've been convicted for if you step away from this other thing that we're involved in that that's that's you know that's 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 plea bargaining that's that's standard legal procedure what i'm that's what i'm saying i'm not i'm saying it's not blackmail blackmail is is yeah. is, is something else well the people but, i've spoken to at juventus actually use that word blackmail well, been juventus can, UEFA, yeah, well juventus so. can feel however they want juventus uh, that, that's not proof of anything you know oj simpson can go around saying he didn't kill his wife that's not evidence of him being innocent of, of killing his wife yeah. You know? Well, legally, but, he didn't. So. <laughs> well, actually, no. He was kind of convicted on that on the civil trial. So you can't shove that in people's faces anymore. And also anyone who was semi-sentient knows what happened in that case. This is my point, that they can't... Juventus committed, made, put themselves in this situation, which they shouldn't have, and now UEFA are using that leverage to put pressure on them. That's what they're doing. Is it morally wrong? Yes, of course it is. But it's also morally wrong to cook the books. So, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> you, you can look at it both ways. Well, once they punish others, then I'll, I'll rest from my case about it being a. a I think everyone, punishment. of course, they should all be punished. PSG, Man City, everyone who, who violated yeah. financial exactly. That's punished. the whole point. It's a political punishment. It's not, it's not because UEFA care about making football clean. It's nothing to do with that. And you know, know that better than anyone. It's not about making football clean. You know that. It's a completely yeah. political decision. And there's, there's zero doubt about that. Uh, anyway, let's move on to talking about UEFA, the UEFA conference. Uh, no, not the conference. Europa League. Final, Europa League, yeah. On, on Wednesday. So it's Roma versus Sevilla. Uh, first of all, there's not much to say about Roma's defeat to Fiorentina. Both teams played their backup uh, 11s. Um, so like, we're not even, no, no point even discussing that. But let's do a, li- <laughs> let's do a little preview of, of the final itself. Um, and. Sevilla, I understand, are favourites going into this. Do you, do you, I mean, for me, it's a, it's another, it's another fifty-fifty. How do you see this tie? I think uh, it's fair to say that Sevilla are slight favourites, slight favourites, not by much, but slight favourites. I think that's fair given how you know that once again they're having a crap season, but they're in the final of the Europa League again. It's 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 the Sevilla league. Uh, you know, it's they just keep doing. They just keep delivering on this uh, in this tournament time and time again. It's like when all else fails, they. they I mean, they're they're eleventh in the La Liga. They've had a dreadful season, and yet they're in another European final. It's it's truly remarkable. Um, but having said that, look, I think they're slight favourites, um, but 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 I don't think by much. I really don't think by much. I think Mourinho is is preparing for this and has been preparing for this for for, for a long time, and he's going to have that team completely, completely. He will have read everything Sevilla want to do, and will have a plan on how to hurt them. Um, and it's Mourinho in European finals. He's yet to lose one, uh, and and because the you know if you look at how he goes in, how he behaves in European finals you see how incredibly prepared prepared he is tactically risk minimization all that stuff um, 
you know, he reads the other side better than better than the own than the coach of the other side knows his own side almost in finals. Um, and so Roma need to be switched on. They need to be perfect. They need to defense defensively be absolutely switched on and perfect, um, and uh, not make any mistakes. Uh, you know, Ibanez has to not Ibanez him in this game. Um, Mancini needs to continue being uh, hard, but not go over the line and get himself sent off. Hopefully, Chris Smalling can can play the full 90 minutes because um, I think that's key. And then, of course, Paolo Dybala. Paolo Dybala. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm worried about Dybala. I mean, there has been some news coming out that he's 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 doing better. He's, he's, he is training him, himself. I mean, it's, I mean, it's obviously clear he's not going to be able to start the game. Uh, we're probably looking at, you know, a short appearance off the bench, maybe. Um, so... Yeah, um, I, I think I, I think maybe he might get you know twenty minutes maybe off the bench. Uh, hopefully, um, Spinet Solo I don't think is going to be is going to be fit either. Uh, maybe he might get uh, some some time off the bench as well. So you know, Roma have lost two key key players um, in, in those two. There's, there's no doubt about it. Two experienced players who have been in big finals uh, and, you know, match-winning players. So that that's important. But, I mean, I think Roma do have the experience. I mean, obviously, Mourinho, we know his record in finals. He's won every single final. Um, he is the, I think he is the card. He is the key card for Roma. Uh, also, from a psychological point of view, when the opponents see they're playing against Mourinho in a final, that does, you know, e- even unconsciously, that does have a, have a, have a role to play. Um, also, Roma's European experience, you know, they won the Conference League last year. Uh, I actually saw a stat the other day that only Madrid have played more semifinals in Europe in the last five years. They've had a lot. Of semi- they even had a semifinal, people forget, under Fonseca. Yeah, under Fonseca, um, yeah. And then obviously they had the, um, Champions, the League, Champions League uh, semifinal against the, Liverpool. The Francesco, yeah. So we're talking no, about what, four semifinals? That's really impressive. I mean, that's incredible, considering how they've done in Serie A. In yeah, the last. no, no, it is really impressive, and the fact that Mourinho's come in there and brought them to the final and won one of them, and now has the chance to win the second one. Yeah, truly remarkable. So they won't, they won't freeze in this game, Roma. They'll, they'll, they, no. they, they, they will, you know, they, they'll be able to handle themselves. Then it will yeah. come down to, you know, who plays better, who has the quality. Um, you know, I, I, I want to see Pellegrini really turn up for this game. I want to see Dybala. I mean, even if Dybala doesn't start, I do think he will have some form. He will have some kind of... Im- I think he will play some part in this game. Uh, Dybala. I, I, don't, I, mm. I, don't, I don't think he'll start. But I think, you know, I want to see Pellegrini really take on this game um, and, and show that he's a leader. Um, I hope that the back line is all fit. I hope Rui Patricio doesn't screw up. Um, and, and I would love to see Bove as well start, uh, because I think he's been, you know, he's been kind of like their little, like, a, like their, um, what do you call it? Um, their, um, their mascot in this tournament a little bit, you know? Uh, and he's a, you know, he's a Roman guy. He's, he's a Roma kid through and through. So it would, you know, it would be cool to see how he does. But I, I think for me, the, the key here is Pellegrini. I want him to work and I want him to start, you know, leading Roma. Because, I mean, if he were to win the Europa League, what is it, two European trophies that, he's, that he will have captained Roma to? That's incredible. 
Yeah, I think. Listen, I think I don't think I've said before. I, I don't think Sevilla are, are 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 a good team, but I do think they obviously they they've won this. They've got the experience. They've won this trophy so many times. They've got some big players, experienced players. You know, Rakitic, for example. Obviously, he's past his best, but still, you know, he's got so much experience. And and Nesri, I do think is a is a is a is a very dangerous player. And our campus has been in fantastic form um, as well. So. I mean, you know, they've got dangerous players, but then I think their defence, you know, you can definitely get at, their, at that defence, which is why it's a big shame that Dybala is not fixed. I think if Dybala was fit and playing, same with Spinazzola as well. I mean, I think they would, they could cause lots of trouble to that to that severe defence. So that is a that is a shame. But hopefully, off the bench, they can they can do some damage. Um, but yeah, let's good luck to Roma. Let's hope that that, that they can do it. That would I be really great want for... them to do it. It would be so cool because it means because all four teams in the Serie A for the Champions League next season have been decided, and Roma not being one of them, this means we will have five teams in the Champions League next season for the first time ever. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. the Serie A ever having five teams. No, no, they haven't had five teams. So that would be amazing for the Serie A. Like, how awesome would that not be? And you mean you'd have Napoli and Roma in pot one as winners of the Serie A and the Europa League. If Inter were to win the Champions League, then Inter would be in pot one too. Mm. Three teams in pot one. How awesome would that not be for the draw? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. Napoli. Let's touch on Napoli. Two things to talk about here. Mm. So they draw 2-2 um, at Bologna. Yeah. First of all, Victor Ossiman, um, big congratulations to him. It's not official yet, but it's he has opened a four-goal lead on Lautaro with one game left. Lautaro is probably not even going to play in, in the last game of the season. So I think we can safely say that he is Capo Cagnoniere for the season. And what an amazing season for Victor Ossiman. Um, maybe clinches him as the player of the season. Uh, in Serie A. I, th- I think he will get it now. He has um, to I get think, it. I think he will get it over Kvara. I mean, I think Kvara's kind of, he's, his form in the last few months of the season has dropped off definitely, whereas Ossiman's been just consistent um, <laughs> throughout. So, well done to him. But the, 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 other, the other big talking point is De, De Laurentiis confirming after the game that Spalletti is leaving and taking a gap year. So, what do you make of all that? I think it's a shame. Um, I really, really do. I can't believe... I think there's more to this than meets the eye. Um, I wonder if we'll ever know what actually happened. I don't think this is something that just... The decision that he leaves is something that came that they made just in the last few weeks. I think this has been a long time brewing. It's just that Spalletti's just been focused on the football. And I think he's, I think the two years that, that he's been there, I think he's exhausted of, uh, of De Laurentiis. And I think De Laurentiis is smart enough to realize um, that this was coming and that he's got something prepared. I mean, his behavior suggests as much. Um, I think the reason why he extended that contract was just leverage in order to, in order to um, let, uh, I think in order to let Spalletti go, he will say, look, I'll terminate the contract, but you can't coach in the Serie A for a year. I think that's why he extended that contract, that option. 
be, in order just to do leverage. That's how I read it. Uh, that, that's my take on it. I think he knew this was coming and he wanted to protect Napoli because he didn't want him to just waltz into Juve or Milan or anywhere else in the Serie A because he knew he would be hot real estate. He'd be hot property in the, after winning the Scudetto. And so he basically used his leverage to force Spalletti to 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 not coach in the Serie A for a year. Um, obviously, there'll be some remuneration to Spalletti for 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 leaving the contract for for breaking you know for 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 terminating the contract. Um, and yeah, that's that's where I am on that. I think this is something that's been going on. And if he's going to take a gap here at sixty five, well, isn't he? I mean, that's sixty six when he returns. And I wonder if that's yeah, that's that's it. The gap here doesn't make sense for me for for, for Spalletti. I think at six, you don't take a gap here at sixty five. You're too old. Too old. You, you take a year out of the game. You're back at sixty. He's back at sixty-six, turning sixty-seven in that that season. Back. I mean, <sighs> I wonder if he doesn't go to the Premier League now. Mm-hmm. Don't you reckon? Actually, he's sixty-four now. I thought he was already sixty-five. He's only yeah, just he's turned 64, sixty-four. Yeah. So okay, maybe, maybe, maybe he's okay. Maybe, but I mean, yeah, at that age, I, I don't think it's it's great taking a gap here. But I think this is like you said. I think this is down to. to to uh, De Laurentiis, um, uh, you know, he not is a him to brilliant negotiator. Club. That man is a fantastic negotiator. What? He always gets his way. Yeah. No, he does because he understands. What he understands is that in every negotiation, every negotiation is about leverage, and the more leverage you have, the better favorable terms you get in the final contract in the deal. And he uses his leverage to the max every single time. That's why he gets what he wants. Because he 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 positions himself always in the strongest position possible, and I think that's what he's done here with with Spalletti as well. That's what now it makes sense why he he automatically extended activated that option to uh, extend Spalletti's contract. Because now if Spalletti wants to leave and take a gap year, he can say, "Look, do what you want, but you can't coach in the Serie A for a year." Yeah. Do yeah, you see what I'm saying? It's it's mm. a brilliant it's 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 a really it's a smart negotiation tactic, and and I think Spalletti, um, I don't know, does he? I don't know if he can speak English or not. I know that I you know I, you know I know that Patrick Kendrick, our good friend, is is, 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 is has translated for him many times uh, this season and and before when he was at Inter and, and through the years. So I don't think he speaks English. So maybe that rules out the Premier League as well. But look. I don't know. I, I mean, he is hot real estate. He did charm Europe with with the football that he played. Um, they won the Serie A with Napoli. That's an incredible accomplishment. If you look at the financial, you know, how much money they spent versus in terms of wages and transfer net net transfer spend, etc. You know, he's 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 very very popular. And I think we'll you know by the time that's made official, we'll we'll understand more about it. But I wonder if he doesn't go to the Premier League. I really do. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens and and who Napoli replacing with. They're in negotiations with Luis Enrique. I yeah. think that would be fantastic. Um, oh, Luis Enrique! Would I think be that'd amazing. be fantastic. I think he he will Lobotka. He will absolutely love Lobotka. That's exactly his type of midfield uh, midfielder. Uh, and no, I would. I nothing would make me happier for the Serie A than to see Luis Enrique, who I think is a very underrated coach. Like we spoke about last week, I think it was Thursday or Monday. Can't remember on the pod. He's incredibly yeah. underrated, but also he has experience from the Serie A. He was very young when he was at Roma, 
Um, yeah. And so he knows what, what the Serie A is. And now he's a much better coach than he's ever been. I yeah, he wasn't love... quite ready then. And, and, no, he wasn't and, ready then. And he no, still was... did all right. He wasn't yeah. a disaster. That was his first coaching job, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, at senior yeah. level. No, he'd come from Barca B, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this would be a fantastic appointment. Uh, and I and I think he, he would, the, the players that they've got, the the football that he plays... Nah, I, I would. I think for Napoli's sake, I hope it's Luis Enrique more than anyone else. Yeah, so do I. Um, okay, right. Um, just quickly, we'll, we'll discuss this. We'll discuss this more on Thursday because we've, we've gone way over um, the relegation race. It was an insane Sunday. Um, I mean, on Saturday, Spezia got hammered four 0 at home by Torino, but then on Sunday there were two games um, in which there were ridiculously late goals, which was so, which were huge for the for the relegation battle. First of all, Verona um, against Empoli. Uh, and Verona were winning 1-0, Empoli equalised in the 95th minute for Stojanovic, which was a death blow to, to dagger to the heart of, uh, of Verona because um, they, had, they had exited, the, they, were two, they would have been two points outside the relegation zone with that win. Uh, now they are level with Spezia on 31 points. Then Monza played against Lecce uh, and um, Lecce scored a 100th minute penalty from Colombo for a handball by Git, Christian Jutkier. Yeah. He'd missed a penalty like about five minutes before and then gave away a penalty with a handball and, and Colombo um, Colombo scored. So that means that Lecce survive. It means that it goes down to the final day. Spezia and Verona for the final relegation spot. They're both on 31 points. They're both equal. Um, there is no head-to-head now. So there will be a playoff if the two teams are equal. The final match day is Roma versus Spezia. Uh, Roma at home and Milan versus Verona. Um, so, yeah, it's. Um, I think we are looking like it, it's looking very likely of, of a playout here, and then that's going to be uh, that's going to be incredible. But we'll discuss it more on Thursday. We'll discuss that more because we've gone way over here. So, Nima, let's I pass just, this. Let's talk about it on Thursday. But it was an incredible weekend. No, it was just, amazing. Just, it was unbelievable when when Stojanovic scored that and and the, the defending by Hellas at the end, and it was just maximum un bad luck because they were in you know they were in control. They were in good control, and then uh, then um, Oliver Arbildgord he just keep backing off of Stojanovic instead of closing him down. And then the the ball, I think it even, it, it bounces off of, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Ma- Flexion, yeah, to the flexion. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was Magnani, no, not Magnanelli, what's his name? Magnani, Magnani, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, he, um, it, it deflected off of him and it just completely, I mean, they were, it was just so, oh, it was, it was so, 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 so unlucky. And, and and then you go to the Monza game where uh, Kutger has a penalty. That's his last game ever for Monza. Their last home game ever for Monza. His contract expires. He's going to leave. He gets he he gets a penalty in the eighty third minute. He that, that this, the, the penalty saved by Falcone. Then in the 98th minute, he he the the he, the corner. He's he handballs and lets you get a penalty, which Lorenzo Colombo scores. I was crazy. It was absolute drama. It was so so. Now Lecce are safe, and I think they deserve to be. If we look at the overall season, do you reckon? Yeah, they definitely deserve. They were really good first half of the season, but then they just they just completely collapsed in the second half of the season. Uh, and um, yeah, so, uh, the yeah. drama was. They definitely, they definitely deserve. We'll talk about that more on Thursday and yeah. give our predictions ahead of the final final weekend because that's going to be 
Well, yeah, we could have it. a playoff because that's the, that's the new thing this season. That for the yeah. Scudetto and this place seventeenth, if there are two two or three more teams on the same points, they have a playoff. Now play out, yeah, play out. Play out for, yeah, it's, yeah, this is a play out. Yeah, mm. so it'll be a neutral venue if they end on the same points. It'll be a neutral venue, ninety minutes, no extra time, and if it's still a draw, they'll go to penalties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Right, the, other, the, the other weekend games, Sampdoria 2, Sassuolo 2, Salernitana 3, uh, Udinese 2, Candreva again uh, scoring, and Lazio 3, Cremonese 2 as well. So some really high-scoring games there. Um, let's just finish off with Baggio and Prem Face of the Week. Okay, um, Baggio, do you, do you have any? Um, Lautaro? Yeah, Lautaro. Lautaro's performance is just wow. Um, truly, truly unbelievable. Um, and also, the the Serie A fans this season, almost 2 million tickets to Inter's home games. Milan averaging 70,000 a home game too. Lazio, Napoli, Roma. The, 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 the attendance is up, way up. And, and, and people are, and, and it's been, and the atmosphere around it has been absolutely fantastic. So for me, it's it's Lautaro and also this season Serie A fans for turning up at those stadiums, even though they're far from modern and and all of that. But that just you know mm. Serie A fans are apart are, from Juventus Stadium, but the rest, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one goes. Well, and, to and, and that's stadium. the irony: Juventus have the most modern stadium. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah. others have these archaic. No one wants but... to go and watch uh, Allegri ball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who would want to watch that? Rather oh, gouge God. my eyes out with uh, what was it? With the, a what hot was it? Spoon. Wooden hot spoon, spoon wooden or spoon. a hot wooden spoon, yeah, <laughs> just to get in there. Um, yeah, right. no, <laughs> I have to say though, and also a special shout out to Miroslav Klose, who now almost what is it, seven, eight years after he retired, looks younger than when he played football. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's yeah. just, well, it's just, did you see that photo of him in Kandreva? It, yeah, he looks young, younger than Kandreva, he looks younger than Kandreva, <laughs> yeah. and he looks fresher. Like, he looks like he's stopped smoking. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. he looks fresher than I've ever seen him. And it's like, what, what's going on there? It's mm. weird. Like, he's, he's the first man who stops playing football and then uh, it's just, and, and then looks younger when he stops playing football. Yeah. Yeah, he, he has kept himself well. Right, Prem face of the week. Do, do we have any Prem well, face? Well, the, the entire Western McKenney shit show has to be a Prem face. Like... <laughs> I mean this entire the 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 entire thing. I don't even know what to pick from from him and his childish behavior, which prompted Leeds fans to lose their shit and say sing those offensive chants to him about his weight, to the arguing on spaces between McKenney's friends and Leeds fans, to to, to the haram whatever the harambe thing was that his dad did. I mean, the entire thing's just mad. It's just yeah. a circus. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And that is passed in the first half to that as well. Mm. <laughs> and also, we've got to give a shout out to Luton Town, a fan, pretty much a fan-owned club making it back to the Premier League. I mean, how beautiful isn't that? Yeah, gosh, yeah. Yeah. God, I, I totally forgot. Yeah, Luton Town. Yeah, I have to give a shout out to Luton Town. They're my former team. Um, I think I've seen really? it before. I, pl- I played for them. I was in their youth team until I was 15. Really? So- yeah. Have I not told you that? I'm sure I've told that. Yeah, you told you that have. about a thousand times. <laughs> probably, and I don't remember it exactly. Yeah, no, that's that's probably true. That is probably yeah. true. That is 100 yeah. percent true. Yeah. No, no. I, I was a youth team player at Luton Town t- till the age of 15, uh, and um, yeah, they um, 
they yeah so they still have a bit of a part a, a little bit of my my heart even though they, they really even though they released me and I, they should have kept me and i should have been playing a professional for them. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> oh my god but, uh, no but you, the way that what they did when, when oh, it was an amazing story i mean t- if you take 10 years ago they were they weren't even in the football league uh, yeah. they've got four promotions in, in less decade and the budget is like one of the smallest budgets in the championship and, and I think their budget last year, their wage bill last year was something like 12 million or, or something around about that region. Whereas uh, the, the wage bill for uh, Fulham, who got promoted last year, was like 70 or 80 million or something like that. You know, I'm not sure what the wage bill is this year because don't, they don't always become available straight away. But um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not high. Um, and it's an incredible and the way story. they're doing it as well, like run essentially run by. I mean, there is an owner who owns it, but the the supporters trust they can veto any decision, so mm. that they you know they don't you know they're building a new stadium, twenty five thousand seater, uh, which is gonna I think it's gonna be ready in twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six, and just the fact that they they're so tightly knit to the community and they. No, I, I love it. This is like... It's I mean, just, everybody it's, knows about the entrance to the away end. I mean, that is just incredible. When you think of all the the riches, the astronomical riches in the Premier League and the, the glamour and all the stadiums and the state-of-the-art stadiums and facilities, and then you've got Luton Town, whose stadium, Kenilworth Road, is about 10,000 capacity. Yeah, 10 and a half. It's, yeah. it's, it, I mean, it's not even up to the... I'm I'm not even sure if it's going to be allowed to 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 ho- I hope it is because I, I think, think that's I think it is. It's not even allowed when they were about to get promoted last year there there was you know they wouldn't even be allowed to play in Kenilworth Road in the Premier League because it's not up to standards like the standards that are required. Mm-hmm. Um so there's not even guaranteed they'll be able to play there. I hope they are because I think it, it adds something different and special that you've got this 10,000 capacity stadium. And for away fans you literally I mean, the the, the 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 stadium is on the is on the middle of a street, of a resident residential street, uh, and you for the away supporters you have to go through you literally have to go through a person's house and through their back garden to get into the away end, like literally poor person that you poor literally bastard. you literally go through a person's house and back garden. <laughs> to get to get into the away end, Google it. It's an incredible story. It's an, it's absolutely nah, amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna like for me. I don't support anyone in England, but the more I read about them, the more I'm like, yeah, I might actually become a Luton Town fan because yeah, I love this story. Like, it's and, a beautiful and, story. I mean, it's, and not it's, just it's, that; it's just the way that they. But treat- this is football, though. This is you know everything that we complain about. Yeah. about the, you know about how the Premier League has. I mean, I know it's a bit. The, you know, it's, it's a bit ironic since they're going to be in the Premier League but you know everything we've criticised about how modern football's been destroyed how you know you don't get any stories of, of small teams and teams from smaller leagues from you know being able to win and, and might work their way up you know this is a this is an old fashioned story of something that we had you know like Wimbledon in the 80s yeah. when they came through the divisions and they yeah, won the crazy. FA Cup you know the, the story of, of this you know Luton Town who nearly went bust 15 years ago by the way but it's not uh, just that it's also how they're so tightly knit to the community the responsibility that like it's luton's town it's it's luton's team and they're so tightly knit to the community they they do so many things in in in, in the area they they want to they're, they're not out to like they're not out to 
hide taxes and you know do dodgy things they, they, you know it's it's just they've already said that if they're going to if once they're in the premier league they're going to use that money to invest in youth academy they're going to improve you know that they're going to finance their own stadium like they're not going to go into any debt they're just going to play by the rules and it's going to be like the people's team in luton and i think that's mm. incredibly beautiful and it is amazing i mean this, i'll be honest with you I, I i think it's gonna be very very difficult for them to, to stay up um but it's this. I mean, who knows? Kenilworth Road, honestly, is one of the most intimidating places to go. It's you know, it's such a tight pitch, yeah. Uh, and the, the crowd on top of you, it's a very old-fashioned, you know. And I really hope they stay up. Like it's, I, it's, it's, I was so hope they stay up. Like it's just now. I, I, I'm, 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 my heart was just like. Yeah, I saw that uh, playoff game as well. It was crazy drama. That's one of the beautiful yeah. things about English football. It's, it's that playoff at Wembley. The, the yeah, drama playoff game is always that. amazing, isn't it? So good. The penalty, penalty shoot. Yeah. All the penalties were amazing as well. Like, every <laughs> they single were, one. They really every were. single one was unstoppable. <laughs> Everyone, every single one was in like the top bins or yeah. the side netting. It was just the way like, I like penalties. The Brexit penalties. This Brexit is what I mean. Penalties. This is how you take penalties. Yeah. <laughs> None For of that sure. hop skipping like Jorginho does and drives me mad. Yeah. Okay, right. Let's leave it at that. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back on Tuesday for the Q&A. Wednesday, as I said, interview with Udinese and Serbia midfielder Lazar Samacic. And then Thursday, we'll, we'll do our midweek review show where we'll review the, um, the Europa League final between Roma and uh, Sevilla. And, of course, look ahead to the last weekend of the, the Serie A season and, and more previewing of the of the Champions League final and the Conference League final, which is um, next week, now week on Wednesday. So there's a lot a lot to look forward to. Three finals for the Italian team. It's going to be an exciting end to the football season for us. Okay, right. Um, Forza Roma, Forza Viola and Forza Inter, I guess we say, in, in, in ahead of these finals. Yeah, absolutely. We will see you soon. See you on Tuesday, guys. Until then, ciao, ciao.